0: In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew.
1: Hello there. Thanks for checking us out here on In the Lab. My name is Drew Doherty. Appreciate you being with us. Before we even get into anything else, will you please do me a favor and subscribe to this podcast so it just hits the inbox, hits the notifications on a weekly basis at Wednesday and makes your hump day and your week all that much better. Hey, while you're there, tweet at us, at Drew at J. Harris Football. Review us, give five stars, 10 stars, 50 stars. Just uh, interact, please. We'd appreciate that. All right, today on the show... We start things off. It's John and myself, and we're going to add two players from the past to this current Texans team. We're getting dorky on In the Lab. It's vintage In the Lab. We agree on one guy, but we uh, we veer off the beaten path, and I think we both succeed with this team with the choices there. So that'll be fun. Then we have our Cream of the Crop Award winner that we think is going to be... On Monday morning, after what we believe is a Texans victory at Nashville. And we cuss and discuss those stupid Oilers uniforms that they have no business wearing. Anyhow, that's going to be fun stuff. And then later, I go one-on-one with right tackle George Fant. We rank the Georges. We talk about who else would be in his starting five. Because George played college basketball way back in the day. Not way back, but back in the day. So anyhow, this is going to be a fun in the lab. And we start things off with my pal John. That's right. It's time to talk. You and me, John Harris. And normally, the table of contents goes like this. We do a what if I told you? What if I told you? Mm-hmm. We do a cream of the crop award winner. The cream of the crop. And then we get going. I'm not doing a what if I told you because I don't want to remember what just happened Sunday. I was there. I saw it. I don't need to see it again. I don't need talk uh, about uh, it again. Uh. That was ugly. U-G-L-Y and got no alibi. Whatever you want to say. That stunk. And you lose some players that game. So, John Harris, we are going to do a vintage in the lab right now. And I'm hitting you with this. There is no what if I told you this week. Instead, we will do a cream of the crop award winner for next week's game. Okay. But we're going to start out with this. Texans have some injuries that they're going to have to deal with. Maybe a lot. Maybe not, but probably a a fair amount to be conservative. You can take two players from their prime, any position in NFL history. They can both be on defense. They can both be on offense. You can do one defense, one offense. It's whatever you want. You can add any two players in their prime to this team this week. Who are you adding, John?
0: I am going to add one player that actually played for the Tennessee Titans. Okay. I'm going to add another player that actually played with this particular player. Okay. Okay. And I'm going to add two players that became famous and successful when a particular person in the building was working for a particular organization. Hmm. So I not knowing CJ Stroud's status, not knowing Nico Collins status, I'm going to add Tom Brady. Hmm. And I'm going to add, in his prime, Randy Moss. So look, give me 2007 Tom Brady and Randy Moss for this weekend against the, I almost said Tennessee Oilers. They hate me for that. No, Tennessee Titans. They'll never hear me say Tennessee Oilers. They can, man. That's I, who
1: they are this weekend, John. You're playing the Tennessee Oilers. I, I thought about Let, let me Tennessee ask, you Oilers hold, hold on, not ask you this. Hold on. Hold on. I've got
0: to ask you this. got to ask you this because this is going to happen. When you and I, two Houstonians, Mm -hmm. walk in that stadium and you look at the field and there's an oil derrick painted at midfield and there's Oilers in the end zone, have you thought about what you're going to feel when you see that?
1: I've built up enough of a callus that it just doesn't affect me anymore. I love the Oilers. No woman will ever break my heart like the Oilers broke Mm -hmm. my heart in the early 90s. I was born during Love You Blue. I don't remember it. I don't remember. I don't. You know that was all going on while I was a little kid and a baby. My first memories of the Oilers were not good ones because they were really bad. In between Love You Blue and the Run and Shoot days, yep, yeah, so bad that you know you sign Warren Moon and all those first round picks kind of come to fruition and and develop around him during some awful seasons. I mean, yeah, games blacked out locally for on a, on a pretty pretty routine basis. And so I got into the Oilers when they were really good, 87 through 93. But then in 94, they showed and that organization showed that we're not serious about winning. You know, They got rid of Warren Moon. Right. You're not serious about winning if you go from Moon to God bless him. I love Cody Carlson, but he's not a Hall of Fame quarterback. Right. And everything fell apart. And I, I think I kind of checked out on them after they left, let Warren Moon go. I don't remember... I think so they were two and fourteen, and I think they went eight and eight the rest rest of the time there here. But I was checked out. Uh, and I think a lot of other people were too. Sure. There's this revisionist history. Like people didn't wear jerseys and as much Oilers gear around town in at least in the the eighties and the nineties. That that was not a big thing like you see right. now with no matter where you live, like that, NFL it, t- that, that, was that was not a huge deal.
0: That was not also a Houston thing. You know, right. that was, that was pretty much generational. Thing. You know, we, we were starting to see the explosion of, you know, t-shirts, gear, things of that. And
1: yeah,
0: jerseys, you didn't wear jerseys. You you couldn't get, you couldn't get a Jersey to wear. Now you see jerseys at games. I, I, I'd like to know the numbers of people that would end up wearing the jerseys. At a particular game, so if we have seventy-one thousand in the building for a game, how many of them are wearing a jersey uh, of a That's particular a great, player? I'd
1: say what thirty thousand, probably.
0: I would probably say it's a decent number. Yeah, it's a it's a really decent number. Now there are some people that wear like the other day we were we were going into the stadium, and as I was walking into the stadium, I saw a guy in a Josh Dobbs number fifteen Minnesota Vikings jersey. So yeah. we started this with Chris Jones, our our former engineer on the radio broadcast. And Jonesy was great, and we he had this game. Great, hey, oh, he still is, yeah, he's fantastic. Jonesy's <laughs> I see, doing great I see him too. And Jonesy and I would try and pick out was kind of a challenge between us to pick out the most obscure and stupid mm-hmm. jersey at a particular game, right? Whether it was for that particular team or most of the time it was for a team that wasn't there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like you'd see, there was one time there was a guy in a Roberto Clemente jersey, and as much as I love Roberto Clemente. Like you're at a football game and you wore a Roberto Clemente 21 jersey, like what are you doing? So we always used to do that. So um
1: it was a tougher Sunday that a lot of people were in raincoats and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was hard up. to tell. We didn't see their jerseys. It was well.
0: definitely hard to tell because everybody was <laughs> was covered up yeah. by the by the rain. It was it was a bit much. It was a bit much of rain that I didn't enjoy, and nobody did. And and maybe that was a part of it. Drew uh, on Sunday, we said we wouldn't talk about it. Don't really want to talk about it. Um, but yeah, give me. Going back to the question, give me Tom Brady Mm -hmm. and Randy Moss. I wouldn't mind Randy Moss with our receiver group 100%. Throw him in that mix. You've got the mix of Nico Collins and Tank Dell all in one individual.
1: You can never go wrong putting Randy Moss in any wide receiver group, no matter how depleted or full strength it is. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's going to be fine. I actually had Randy Moss as one of my choices. Yep. And I went with the challenge of just rolling with either Mills or Keenum as quarterback. Okay. And I we don't know we have everybody's asking about is when Stroud coming back and I doubt he comes back Sunday I, right. I would not expect to see him Sunday. And then the next question was when's Nico Col- Collins coming back and that's a legitimate question. Nothing has been said really in a major manner about Will Anderson. How yeah. how healthy is he? Is he coming back? Right. So whether he comes back or not let's give some more fangs to the pass rush. How about Reggie White? Could I interest you, you know, in a Reggie White?
0: You could interest me in a Reggie White. He's and, the other guy
1: you can't go wrong ever putting him in any uh, defensive front seven.
0: I mean, J.J. Watt has said on record, and in fact, I'm glad you said that because there's a 30 for 30 called the Minister of Defense.
1: Yeah, we were discussing.
0: On, I can't wait to see that. On uh, Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. That's going to be awesome. And J.J., I think J.J. does an interview for that. for that He's uh a Hero. It's his hero. Yeah, He's I mean, he hero. grew up in Wisconsin, Pewaukee, Wisconsin, at a time where Reggie was – I mean, I sh- this is blasphemous, and I know Reggie would get mad at me. He was he was a, he was a football god mm-hmm. to those people. You know, he came to Green Bay at a time, you know, free agency had just kicked off, really. And so who was, who was choosing to go to Green Bay? Well, Reggie White did. And because Reggie White did, all of a sudden that team started turning the corner and then more players wanted to go play in Green Bay. And, it's, and, and I'll be honest, it's not always easy for Packers to be in Green Bay. Um, it's, it's the smallest city. Um, it's not the most diverse area of the country. Um, and so that always plays a role, but Reggie white chose to go there. He chose to go play for Mike Holmgren and alongside Brett Favre. And I meant a lot to Packers fans. Um, and then on top of it, he was just, you know, a smile, brighten up the room. And JJ is on record. He said, he's the greatest defensive player there's ever been bar none. And for JJ to say that a a player that people in Houston think Mm -hmm is the greatest defensive player of all time for him to say that okay i'll roll with that because reggie was nasty reggie was absolutely nasty he had he had one of the greatest pass rush moves of all time he had what was called a hump move and so what he he was really the only guy that could do it because he was fast enough to beat you on the high side if he's rushing defensive end he was fast enough to beat you on the high side so he would get he would beat a guy with some speed Then the guy would anticipate that, and at the last minute, he would take his inside arm and literally club a guy out of the way. Boss him out of the way. So this two-minute vignette that J.J. is talking to uh, during the interview, they're showing B-roll of Reggie White using the hump move on (laughs) 315-plus. I mean, how big was Larry Allen? Larry Allen was like 340
1: benched like eight thousand pounds and
0: he did that to larry allen yeah. who many think is the greatest guard i think he's the greatest guards ever played i mean he was incredible and he did that to larry allen and you're just watching on oh okay maybe jj's right so yeah uh randy moss and reggie white for for damn sure i think we're we're definitely sure on randy moss yeah um without a doubt we could have, you know look there's a there's a there's a ton we could have gone with sure. um at that Brent point
1: matthews would be a nice one no. just as a screw you to Tennessee
0: oh good yeah uh um, no, Earl Campbell that's another good one that just popped into my head Earl Campbell would have been a good one yeah.
1: I think Bruce would have made some
0: sense you know rolling with Devin and Damien, but having Bruce Matthews here's your question where would you play Bruce Matthews you wouldn't play him a left tackle I don't think no but uh, where would you play him
1: any any place any of the other four you could be up for uh up for
0: I think I would take the experience at center yeah he was good there. I think center would have been a great, great spot. I think he was great there as his career. It's just interesting how he, go, he just kept moving inside, tackle, to guard, to center. And he ended up, I think he was all pro about three different positions, wasn't he? He's he was a
1: pro bowler at all five.
0: Yeah. And all pro,
1: amazing. yeah, like you say.
0: That's amazing. Uh,
1: indulge me just a little bit more about Reggie White. Okay, so final college season, 1983 at Tennessee. So yep. He doesn't show up. What? Not, he didn't play in 1984. His first stats in the NFL. 1985, comes into the league, only starts 12 games in 1985, gets 13 sacks, has 100 combined tackles, John. Mm-hmm. But 84, I guess just he wasn't any good. He was out on the street. No, he was playing in the US, USFL. USFL. So imagine if, Memphis he, Showboats. if he was good enough to have better than a sack per game as in his rookie's true rookie season in 85. In 84, let's just conservatively say he's not going to do that, but he's still going to be pretty good. Yep. Let's say he still gets another 12, 13 sacks that year. So from 85, his first season, he has 13 sacks. Next year, 18 sacks. Next year, 21. Next year, 18, 11, 14, 15, 14, 13. You got to go to 1994, his second year in Green Bay, Bay. find the first season of his career that he doesn't have double-digit sacks. Nine straight seasons to start his career. With 10 sacks or more. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And how many after that? Straight. Then he had a 12 sack season in 95, an 11 sack season in 97. In 98, he gets 16 sacks. And then he retires in 99, comes back, plays 2000 with the Panthers, gets five and a half there, finishes with 198 sacks, John. And one more thing, one more thing. 1987. Oh, Reggie only played 12 games. What's the deal? Strike. Exactly. In the strike season, he only plays 12 games. He still, he still has 21 sacks, John. The best, best JJ Watt ever did when he was a freaking comet JJ Watt in 12 and in 14. He had 20.5 sacks those seasons each each year. In
0: 1987, the strike year, he had he had 12 games. 12 games, 21 sacks. sacks.
1: Fumble recovery That's for a touch. That's insanity. Touchdown. Yeah. That's
0: absolutely insanity. First
1: four fumbles.
0: Well, he <laughs> stole one from Doug Williams. I remember that. He, I mean, he literally stole the ball. Now I can't remember if that was 87 or 88, but he literally stole the ball from him. Mm-hmm. He went to sack him, and all of a sudden, big dudes running the other way, and it was Kelly Green jerseys, um, which they should have those full time. Yes, they should. Um, those are those yes. are fantastic You're jerseys. Right. But Reggie was and the fact that he could win as a 300 pound four, three defensive end and then jump inside like, like JJ would like JJ, JJ would do that. Now JJ did a little bit more of his with his quickness Mm -hmm. and, um, and his agility, as you always called him a jungle cat. Mm -hmm. Reggie had that power because that that hump move. I mean, he had some speed. Don't get me wrong, but his was power and strength and leverage. Mm. Um, he was so damn powerful, um, and it's just, you know, it's interesting, like, thinking about players like that, Reggie White, as I'm growing up, and you're watching him, and you're like, that dude's, like, he's crazy good, and then yeah. you're like, will I ever, s-? You, you don't think this at the time, I guess, you're like, I guess everybody just is like Reggie White, right? And you're, no, no, not everybody is like Reggie White. In fact, nobody mm-hmm. is like Reggie White, and I think that's tough because you feel like, you know, I don't know, maybe if I'm a I'm a, a young adult, I'm in college and I'm watching him do things, maybe I cherish it a little bit more. Like, no, 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 this dude's a freakazoid. He's doing things that nobody should be doing, and yet he's still doing them.
1: Reggie White, rest in peace, gone too soon, the age of 43, man. He died back in 2004. Oof, crazy stuff. But that's who we would add if we could, in our prime, or in their prime, put somebody out there, two players, or the Texans this Sunday. Okay, let's talk in the real world. Back to reality. On Monday, after the Texans beat the Tennessee Oilers, who are you going to say is your cream of the crop award winner for Houston, John? The cream of the crop.
0: Malik Collins. I like that. Malik Collins. It's a tough, tough task against Derrick Henry and rushing Will Levis. And that puts a real tough onus, I think, on the inside guys. And on Monday night, I felt like the Titans controlled Christian Wilkins and Siler, but I feel like Malik is more explosive than Siler for sure. Um, and I think that he's on par with Wilkins, but they've got to create pressure up in Will Levis's face. Levis did a really nice job of delivering the ball at the very last minute half second. Possible. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Like, man, he wow he got rid of that ball how did he do that he had probably four or five big throws where it looked like a dolphin was about to sack him and or get a hit on him and right as they're hitting him the ball's getting out Malik's got to get there a half step faster and make sure that he's getting the sacks on Will Levis and here's the other thing Levis is a big dude he's a strong guy so you got to bring him to the ground but the flip side is you also have to get off blocks and help on Derrick Henry. It's going to be one thing for the defensive lineman. It's one thing for the defensive lineman to occupy blocks, but against Henry, you've got to help on tackles because it's that much more difficult to tackle him.
1: Good choice. We were just talking about guys with lots of sacks. Reggie white was one of them. JJ watt. We brought him up. JJ had double digit sacks for the Texans five different times. Mm -hmm. Mario Williams did it twice, 2007, 2008. He also had Connor Barwin, he had like 11 and a half in 2011. And then Whitney, 2016, Whitney Merciless, he had double-digit sacks. So it's the mm-hmm. only four until Jonathan Grenard That's on right. Sunday got two. So my guy for this Sunday, I want Grenard. Because we don't know, like we said, we don't know if Will Anderson's going to suit up. If he is, certainly not at full strength. And nobody's at full strength ever, I know that. But <laughs> he's diminished a little bit. So, John, let's get after, like you're saying, you need Malik up the middle or the dual action of getting after the quarterback, but really also stuffing up Derrick Henry, not getting a full yep. out of steam. Let's see you, Jonathan Grenard, keep doing what you're doing, get two sacks. He's get facing, a yeah. he's facing a rookie. Yes. Facing exactly. a rookie. Jalen
0: Duncan from Maryland, facing a rookie. So, uh, JG, you're right. He's got to have a big one for
1: sure. Good it's one, Drew. It's been fun to see him you know, succeed the way he has because he had the eight sacks uh, season mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. He only played in a dozen games. And yep. He's been healthy. He's been flourishing this year. Always love doing this with you, John. Don't want to talk about the Jets anymore. No, let's get a win in Tennessee. I didn't ask you. You know how are you? How are you going to feel about uh, seeing the? the I don't know. Uh, I I, I always, like I said, I'm callous to it. now. and I just, I think I'm kind of the same. I think it'll probably. They're doing doing this just to jab at us. I
0: know, and that's that's probably the biggest reason why it probably riles me up a little bit. But because Tennessee fans don't care. Exactly. I I really would like to. I would like to just stuff a win down their throats. That would that would be kind of nice. That would be kind of nice. But. I just want to see us go play well and play much better for here's what I, here's what I'd like, Drew. I don't want to see perfect, but I want to see 60 minutes of consistent, solid football from this team on both sides of the ball. Yeah. And we've not gotten that. We've gotten a good half here. We've gotten a good game from one side of the ball. Um, The last time we really saw all phases come together was against the Steelers in week. What? Four. That, it came together on both sides for 60 minutes. It needs to come together, all of it, for 60 minutes. I'm not saying you got to go down and score touchdowns every drive, but you know, put points up on the board, as many drives as possible. Don't turn the ball over and then play your ass off on defense, but do it for 60 minutes. Yeah. 60 flipping minutes. No breakdowns. No going on, on your own doing things. Just play solid, smart football for 60 minutes and see where you are.
1: I like that. You know, one more thing. This offense, I think we can agree – for a variety of reasons for at a variety of different levels, it's better than last year. It's superior to the yes. offense we've seen the last couple of years, but really I think the last decade, this is a better offense. I also think natural progression wise, Davis Mills is probably a better quarterback than what we saw last year in, in his rookie season. Yep. I think being in this scheme, being around these guys, Case Keenum, this coaching staff, I think Davis Mills has, has also had a, a gig of improvement there as well. I think you're going to see a better Davis Mills when he goes out there. I don't know what that means. I don't know how, how much better that that makes the team perform, but I do think you're going to see a better Davis Mills in this offense than what you're accustomed to seeing over the last few years. And don't don't forget, Davis Mills had a pretty good game the last time he, he suited up and, yep. and played in a real game. That, that week eighteen victory at Indianapolis last year.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and uh, he beat Tennessee on Christmas Eve day yes. as well. So, uh, it's it's a better defense, I think, for Tennessee since. But if there's no Jeffrey Simmons, you know Thank who's goodness. to say? Thank who's goodness. to say? So, um, you know, hopefully, he will remain out of this one. Uh, that'll be a big sigh of relief. And then, you know, we'll wait for Wednesday and see what the injury report brings and what's going to happen with the squad.
1: Amen, John. Always enjoyed talking with you. Now. We're going to flip things over to a one-on-one I had with George Fant. Had fun talking with him about stuff off the football field. The right tackle, hell of a basketball player. Played college basketball. We get into that, a whole lot more. Here is a Drew's Dozen with George Fant. Nice to talk with right tackle George Fant. Let's get into the hard-hitting stuff first. We're going to rank five Georges. You're one of them. There's also George Washington. Yeah. George... Costanza, okay. Okay. George Jefferson, okay. and Curious George. How does
2: that shape up? Who's where? I like the order you had it in. It sounds good to me. That's the order. That's the order. Okay,
1: I like it. I like George the confidence. George Clooney wasn't in there. George George We could have kept going. I mean, there's George. If you think about it, maybe John is the only one that rivals George as far as names with yeah. prominent
2: people. Yeah. It's a great name.
1: It's a good name. I, mean, I have a son who has a middle name George. So I don't like I, Jorge.
2: You
1: know. Jorge as well. Yeah, I don't like it. I mean, you could do the top ten Jorge's, and we just sure. keep going and going and going. All right, let's get a little harder here. Okay. You are an excellent basketball player. In addition to being a professional football player, you're an excellent basketball player. You played it in college. Yeah. So let's say it's kind of like, it's not the aliens that you're taking on, but you got to play the game to save the world, and you're on the team. Who are the other four that you got to win this in game? World. In the world. all time? Oh, man. Ever?
2: Ron. KD. Um, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, you, who else? Uh, Stephen Curry. Okay,
1: that's four. So who's your last guy? Go big man?
2: man? Nah, nah. Yeah, I'll go big man. I'm going Giannis. Okay. No Shaq, no Dream, no Will, no Kareem. Everybody everybody can handle the rock, you know? I'm going to go with Giannis.
1: I like it. That's your five. Okay. When blank talks,
2: I'm listening. That's a tough one. I got a lot of respect for a lot of people. I'm gonna go with man. I'm gonna go with pops though, man. My, my dad. When my dad talks. I'm, I'm definitely listening, man. Like he's a wise man, man. He's 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 been through a lot of stuff. He's been uh, he's been around a lot of great people, so. When he talks, I'm usually listening.
1: Now, does he talk a lot, or is he? Is it when he? Man, it one of it, those guys when he says not something? not a whole lot. Yeah. When
2: he when he says something though, you know, it, it's 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 good stuff.
1: Adds adds importance, adds gravity to most it, most all definitely, most definitely. So okay, so your dad,
2: what's his name? George. George. Oh, George. So are you? The, <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the third. You're the third. I'm the third. All right, I'm the third. all right.
1: Is there a fourth?
2: Nah, nah. Maybe one, okay. maybe one day. But no pressure. Nah, nah, no, him. no pressure right now <laughs> for sure. Okay, that's cool.
1: So George Junior is the one that you're George listening Jr. to. Okay, what's the most embarrassing thing you've ever worn?
2: Most embarrassing thing I've ever worn? Man, so I would probably have to say back, back when skinny jeans was a, was a thing, man. I, I, was, I, I thought that was a thing, and I definitely had them. made it even worse was where I was at, uh, skinny jeans hadn't made it there yet so oh, yeah I did they ever like, make it where was, you were they, from they made it they okay. made it, it took a, it took a couple months once they seen the, the you're a jerk video then everybody kind of started wearing them but I, I went to LA <laughs> first and seen it and I, you know and I, I try to bring it there first but <laughs> skinny jeans okay. Okay. what year are we talking image? roughly uh, probably like 2011 12 okay like so a little bit a little bit ago yeah, okay. yeah it was a while ago
1: what music would you want played for the rest of eternity when you walk into a room Drake which what anything?
2: In, any of them. Okay. Any of them. I I'd probably say uh, the ride though. Like for sure. Anytime I'm, anytime I'm walking in the room somewhere, best plan. I'm good. That's the one. Okay. For sure. Best Christmas
1: gift you ever got?
2: Best Christmas gift I ever got. Man, that's a tough one. I gonna probably say back when the 360 came out, my mom got me a, the 360, and and at the time I didn't think that we was going. I was going to be able to get it. Oh, that's the best. So yeah. it was one of those things, man, where like I already had my mindset that I wasn't going to get it, and I, I don't know. She, I think she had. I remember going with her on Black Friday uh, to Walmart and I remember her like making me go to the other side of the store. So I think she, <laughs> and that's back when you used to have to fight, fight your sure. stuff at Black Friday. I man. was going to so, say, <laughs> what was that experience like? Man, it, was, it was cool. She sent me to go get some stuff for her. I didn't, I honestly didn't see her until we got back to the car. So I think that's when she got it for me, but, uh, but I would probably say the 360 for sure. That's
1: a good one. That's a really good one. Okay, who's your most chill
2: teammate? Army Tunsil. Easy. There's any competition? Stingley. That dude, I think I may, maybe heard him talk maybe twice <laughs> since I've been here, man.
1: He's got enough guys. He don't talk his, a lot.
2: He's got enough guys in his position group that can talk for him, right? Oh, for sure, most definitely. Yeah. But but uh, but learn me, learn me, learn me, lay back, chill. You know, be a good dude. So yeah. What'd you know about him before you came here? Uh, a lot. I, mean, I didn't like know anything like personally about him. Yeah. But I knew he was probably the best tackle in the league. You know, I got to, I got to watch him on film. You know, we both play the same position, so. We came in the league around at the same year, so we've been in the league the same amount of years. So I got to watch him, and then just coming here with him, just being able to like learn some stuff from him, stuff like that, and kind of put it in my game. So,
1: which teammate cracks you up the most?
2: Probably CJ. CJ so Stroud. CJ, funny dude, man. Yeah, <laughs> he's funny dude. Just of the stuff. He already know he he says some funny stuff. But uh, outside of CJ, DP, David Pierce, Pierce or Damian Denzel Perryman. Okay, okay. Damian Pierce,
1: yeah. We've heard that from others Funny before. Dude. Yeah, that's good. we got to like pause when you say DP now because there's a few. So there's a few. A few, pa- Yeah, prominent ones, yeah. Who on offense would best be suited to play a little bit of defense if they were ever in a pinch that side of the ball? Mm. And you can include yourself if you think. Juice.
2: Juice. I put Juice at a, a three-tech for How sure. Can? Oh, okay. For sure. i seen his highlight tape when he was in high school. Dude was active on defense for sure. Yeah. I'll say Juice. I'm trying to think of anybody else maybe. Nah, I'm going to go with Juice.
1: Okay. Now, if you've made it to the NFL, you are an athletic guy, and in your prior football life, a lot of you guys have touched the ball. Right. So we know Laramie Tunsil can catch the ball. Did you know that Michael Dieter caught a touchdown while he was at Wisconsin against Illinois? I I did know that. You did know that. We talked about it, yeah. Let's talk about your touchdown exploits. You got any?
2: I don't have any. I, I never had any, but I, I did catch. I did get a catch when I was in Seattle. I almost got a first down, but the turf monster got me first. Man, I kind of <laughs> kind of tripped up, but the catch was cool. The catching run was kind of cool, but right. But yeah, I didn't get a touchdown. No.
1: When you score a touchdown, I'm not gonna say if, but let's talk things into existence. When you score a
2: touchdown in the NFL, how will you celebrate? With the old line for sure. I mean, I, I I used to think I would probably punt the ball into the. That'd be good but, but I need that one, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, can't, I can't punt that one, but I'm definitely turning it I might go Honestly, I might go try to dunk it in the goal. That'd be a good one. For and it'd be sure. fitting because
1: of your background
2: for sure, for sure. in basketball. Jimmy, That's like, Jimmy used to do it. I used to watch Jimmy play back, back when he used to play basketball. That guy could play, man. Yeah, she he good. Was,
1: Yeah, I remember Jimmy. seeing him as a rookie and just – you held your breath every time the ball went away, way because yeah. something good's about to happen for them. All-time favorite retired NFL player is?
2: Walter Jones. Walter Jones is probably my favorite all-time. Tackle. Uh, uh, did you interact with him much while you were out in Seattle? I did, man. So my story was so crazy. So whenever uh, Walter kind of heard about it, Walt, Walter man, he don't talk a whole lot, man. But uh, but he was a good dude and um, got to got to work with him a couple times. That's cool. Uh, got to talk to him a lot and he should. I got to watch a lot of his film. So he's probably my favorite. My favorite vet.
1: And that's saying a lot. Seattle has had Hall of Famers. Oh, they sure. they have Hall of Famers, but you could argue. That guy's the
2: greatest Seattle Seahawk ever, for sure. Most definitely, man. You know, the way he played and um, the things he had to go through, um, like uh, physically, I don't think that dude can like ever take. I don't think he had to take Tylenol like the whole time he played. That's so. remarkable. He had some crazy stuff going on. So, but he was a really good player. So I'll probably say, well, I've taken four Tylenol today. I don't play football. Hey.
1: Okay, favorite Christmas Carol
2: of all time is what, or Christmas song? <laughs> Christmas song. I'm probably gonna go with Jingle Bells. I mean, that's the that's the one that everybody first knows, first and learns first. So yeah. I'm gonna go with that. Have you sung it a little bit lately? I have not. I have not. No. My kids though. My, my kids been singing ever since we got close to Christmas. So so like October 31st? Yeah, yeah They've they been getting. They've been you know. You know They've been on it. They ready. Uh, got a, they, they came down not so long ago um, and decorated my house while I was at practice, <laughs> and I came back and it was. All decked out. So. Well, did it look like
1: it's decorated by kids, or did it look like? Professional? Oh no, mom ma- got it. Mom got, okay. got it. Together. She they, got it together. They helped
2: out. They got. She bought all their little ornaments and stuff that they made over the years. So I have all the stuff at the house that they they made over their over their life for Christmas and stuff in school. So it's all in that one tree. So you see it and you smile. That's yeah, perfect. Yeah, it's little, you know, I'm here by myself, so I get. You know, it's <laughs> my, my time to see them and think of them.
1: Well, George, Fant, we appreciate the time.
2: Thank yeah, you very thanks much. For having me.
1: George Fant, great sport. Good job this season. We're having fun having him on the team and the Texans gunning for a win at Tennessee. Hope it happens Sunday in Nashville. Please do us a favor. Remember, subscribe to this podcast and make sure it hits the inbox and notifications on a weekly basis. All right, for everybody that did it, John, George, I'm Drew. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening.